Science. Beer. Review. Episode. Flexible time. Welcome to Science Beer Review. So we are all scientists involved in academia. And the purpose of this show is to use the primary literature to inspire comedy sketches from real science. Importantly, all of this is improvised. That is, every person prepares something before we meet and the other people have no idea what they're going to talk about. In fact, sometimes the person talking about it also has no idea. Therefore, we improvise things on the spot. Mistakes might be made, and part of the fun is to find these mistakes and report back to us. That's the way to learn. And now that uh, we know the rules of the game, let's begin. The improvisers for today are... Hedwig, evolutionary ecologist. Suzanne, computer scientist. Camille, evolutionary biologist. And uh, me, Paris, evolutionary biologist. Cheers! Yay! For our next round, we're going to do a table of content roulette. Exactly. So the way this works is I will hand out some random journals I found in the room outside to everyone and we'll go through the table of contents. And as soon as we find something that's inspiring, we're going to describe it to the rest of us and start a small sketch from this. (gasps) I found one. Already? How to build a robot octopus. This humble cephalopod is inspiring flexible, talented machines by Catherine Herman Parage. How to build a robot octopus? I mean, how bizarre it is to think of robot octopus. Like the motivation for this robot is that octopus octopi are extremely flexible. But what I would like to point out is what is the drawing on the picture? Because it's beautiful. It looks like like one huge eyeball with a four slimy legs with a lot of wires in between and it looks just hilarious okay class i know that you have been training in ballet since you were four years old but you're just not flexible and stretchy enough so i will not be your teacher anymore i introduce you dr octopus who has found a way to improve your flexibility Okay. It's okay, Marie. We will be okay. Pay attention. I would like you, but all of you, be flexible as octopi. Okay. Are octopi flexible? How can we do that, Dr. Octopus? Do we have to go into the water? You have to go through this tiny tube. <gasps> okay. Why? This is what octopi do. Okay. I will I will go through the tiny tube. Do, do we go head first or toe first? Or butt first? Or arm first? Or nose first? Larry, just follow me, okay? Here I am! I went through the tube! (laughs) 
Paul? Bud is stuck! A lot of work to be done. Push me, please. Push me out. If I will help you, we'll never ever learn. Oh, come on, Mr. Octopus. That's not generous of you. I will help, Murray. My work here is done. Da -da -da -da! Dr. Octopus! Thank you, Mr. Octopus. Thank you! We all hate daylight saving, right? Yep. So this is, it says, Daylight saving change highlights the conflict with our internal clocks. So this might be the paper saying we should get rid of it. So it only has a title and, and one sentence. Time out. Artificial fixes to make the most of summertime may do more harm than good. Hey, uh, Frederic, tell me, uh, are we uh, losing an hour or are we uh, winning an hour uh, this night? Uh, wait, 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 wait. Uh, I'm always getting confused. Yeah, because wait, because I really like it when I win an hour and then I have an extra hour in my life and my life is more long. Baby, you won a whole night with me today. You think we could uh, take advantage of this hour to make uh, our night more exciting? Definitely. Oh, Frederic, I like it when you say things like that. We cut forward six months in the future. Oh no, Frédéric, this night is going to be horrible. We are going to have one hour less. And then I am going to be so tired at work in the morning. Why you got to be always so dramatic? Oh, Frédéric, I feel my period is coming earlier because of that. Laura, it's coming one hour earlier. Yes, I am losing my life. Laura, I have an idea. If we take a plane to Europe, we will get three more hours. Oh my god, Frédéric, and then maybe with these three hours on the plane we can do something exciting. Yeah, but there is a catch. We can never ever go back. Oh It... my god, but my mama, she will not uh, be uh, able to live without me. Three more hours. No, Frédéric, you cannot do that. My family is very important, especially my mother. Come on, Laura. No, I think uh, I think I am um, I am a bit annoyed by your insistence. Maybe I will even go to sleep at my mother's house tonight. You wouldn't do that. Remember how much shorter your life will be if you won't travel already, with me. I am already gone. We cut twenty years in the future, where Laura is living with her mother, and time zones have evaporated, and the time never changes anymore. Oh. How I remember the day that you came back to me. Do you remember it as well, Laura? Yes, Mama, I do. It was that awful time when we still had daylight saving hours, which did not save anything. Yes, and I still had my period and I wasn't menopausal. Yes, see, they couldn't even save you. Oh no, Mama. But it is okay for I have you now. True. We saved ourselves. And I saved you from that horrible Frédéric that wanted to take you away to somewhere else. And Europe, Mama. Europe. Even the name Europe can't be saved anymore. You know, in Europe, they still have a daylight saving time. The horror. The horror. They should just abandon it. 
But Mama, you know, I am a bit lonely in my life. How can you say that you're living with me? Yes, Mama, but you don't speak about many diverse subjects. I just don't happen to have saved many memories in my life, and I'm just going over the ones I have. I saved the most pleasant ones. Mama, we need to go and move to Europe now. I know there is daylight saving time over there, and stupid people, but at least our life will be more exciting. How? How can you suggest such a thing to go against the happiness level and go to Europe? Mama, can't you see? I am locked here. Our life, it is happy with no daylight saving time, but except for that, everything is sad and stale. I can't see my daughter unhappy. Go, go where you need to go. I set you free. You will not S- come with me, Mama. No, I will stay behind. Save yourself. Oh, Mama. Oh, goodbye, Mama. Goodbye. Laura traveled to Europe, and finally, she started again to have a period. Oh my god, I feel so fertile. It is amazing. I think it is this uh, daylight uh, bouleversement. It is changing my life. I am going to call Frederic. Laura? Frederic, I am now in France, where I want to see you. You came? Yes. I have wanted to come to this country all my life. That is why I speak this way. That's amazing. And do you know what day is today? What day is it? Today we have one extra hour. Oh my God. You are going to make me Grand Porito like in the old days. Let's meet at the bar at Paris Street. I am so excited. I'll be right there, Frédéric. I love you. I love you, Frédéric. For our next uh, part, we're going to do a look, here is a cool book chapter that uh, Suzanne has prepared for us. Yes, indeed. Thanks, Paris. Um, As some of you know, my master degree is not only in computer science. My other subjects were English literature and drama. So I think it'll be fun to tell you a little about Shakespeare. Now, careful. I'll mention the end of two plays, Romeo and Juliet and Midsummer Night's Dream. So if you haven't seen them, beware as this will spoil the story. I'm going to talk about Art's Illusory Sacrifice. That's the title of a chapter in the book Shakespearean Metadrama by James Calderwood. In a comedy, the crisis is temporary. It'll be resolved by the end of the play. The characters will go back to living in social order. This also happens in some tragedies, such as uh, Romeo and Juliet, where by the end, the lovers have died. But their families are told to build two golden statues in the memory of the lovers. And this will visually place their love within the order of society. So this gives a nice conclusion to the play, although, of course, the lovers are still dead. It also brings the audience nicely back to reality. What's interesting is Shakespeare wanted everyone to know he would bring them back to reality. Because this meant he could go crazy during the play and say whatever he wanted. In the comedy Midsummer Night's Dream, there's a king who sets the rules. At the beginning of the play, he tells the lovers his decision is that they cannot love each other. So the lovers run away. And at the end of the play, the king welcomes the lovers back to the city and to social order. And the king marries them, right? Social order has actually been upturned. So the king is bipolar? No, the king is not bipolar. He doesn't realize that by the time the lovers come back to society, he actually is being upturned. 
Oh, he's marrying them. He's not like marrying both of them. Oh no, he's marrying oh. them oh. together. Same thing. Like, whoa, he's gonna have a second wife? What? And well, first uh, husband. That's a societal order. <laughs> That's progressive society. The king welcomes the lovers back to the city and to social order, and the king marries the lovers together. So, social order has actually been upturned. That's followed by an epilogue. It says the play was just a story, nothing but a dream. So no big deal. Shakespeare is doing metadrama, saying something about the play in the play. He tells everyone he's bringing them back to reality. If you didn't like the play, never mind, it's no big deal. But, as explained in the book chapter, art's sacrifice is just an illusion. When you're not looking, the play might upturn your social order. You think it's no big deal, but you've actually been mixed up. Truth is you might learn something from the play. These are like uh, subconscious commercials, right? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I wanted to ask, what a metadrama means and why meta? Metadrama means that something in the play is about theater. For instance, when in the story in the play, suddenly the characters decide to put on a play, that's metadrama. All right. So it's like if we watch a TV, where do you watch a TV? Yep. So when Shakespeare has an epilogue where... A character says that the play was just a play. That's metadrama. But actually, the same way that in his play, the king is being mixed up so that he actually marries the lovers together, even though he didn't want to at first, in the same way, we might be influenced by the play in ways we do not expect. So why did the king change his mind? That's a very long story. Because when the lovers ran away in the forest... The fairies made the lovers fall in love with other people and then fall in love together again. And they made the person that the king wanted the girl to marry, the other guy, fall in love with another woman. And by the time they came back to the, to the city and to social order, they were more strongly into their belief that they were in love. And this other guy, anyway, was in love with someone else. So... The king accepted the situation. But he never says that he accepts the situation. He just marries them together. And he thinks it is his decision. And he thinks this is following his social order. Right. So if you would summarize your book chapter by one sentence, what it would be? I would summarize it by saying, art sacrifice is just an illusion. Now you know what I feel like when you talk about cells. <laughs> Maybe. You feel good. Sometimes I feel confused. We cut to the chef's kitchen, where the master chef, head of the kitchen, has a very big problem with the starting uh, people that are washing the dishes and has to announce them a very important decision. So, you, I see you, you over there, put away that sponge. My frying pans are holy to you. Don't use raw side of a sponge on my frying pans. Understood? Okay. Okay, chef. We will only use tissues? Or soft side of the sponge. But it's that easy. You just told ah. me to put away my sponge. How can I use the soft side of my sponge? I was just trying to stop the immediate destruction I've observed. I tried to save a life. Life of a frying pan. 
Life which is more precious than yours. Life puns are sacred, you didn't know? Obviously, you should go away from here. Run away until you find natural sponges in the sea. And only then can you return to us and you will be worthy of washing the frying pans with natural sponges. Off with you. Great free company trip. We cut to the Caribbean where Margaret and Tony are scuba diving in search for sponges. You know, Margie, I would never have left that stupid Chef Roberto if he wasn't paying for this. I think you're right, Tony. I've never seen so much boredom in my whole life. <laughs> Hello there, young oh couple. Oh, great. I am a sea fairy, shaped like a seahorse. <laughs> right. So actually, I'm not laughing. I'm doing a underwater horse sound. <laughs> oh, he's funny. We're not... Lovers, okay? We are colleagues. Well, you made an assumption that's wrong too. I am a he. Because seahorses carry the young, so everybody thinks we're female. Okay. Can you clean a pan with your young? That would be awesome. No, but I am the boss of these young, and they were not very good at keeping together, so I sent them to collect sponges. Oh, sponges? So sponges? Yes, of course. I'm a sea fairy. <laughs> Could you give us a few? Like five? Need replacements, you know. Ah, uh, clever. Yeah. Five sponges. There you go. Oh, thanks, fairy. Whoa. He fairy. Is, is fairy gonna be a he, actually? Yeah, he's a he. He explained. He's a he. Margie, you need to... I am a she-man. You see? Oh. I've always wondered what that was. You know, I think we need to get back to the surface and stop... Water is going to our brains. Oh my god, Margie, I'm looking at the sponges right now, and you know what? Tony. They're actually rough. Tony, what? We can't have rough sponges. Well, you know, the Roberto Chef assistant, um, Stevie, he really wanted us to use these sea sponges. Well, look, you're not getting it. We're gonna make a point here. We're going to show him that things are going the way we want, and he won't even notice. Ah, so he will be disillusionized. Uh, no. No, Margie. He'll be illusionized. He'll be illusionized into doing what we want. Right. Oh, Margie. This is going to be amazing. We got back to the kitchen. Hey, Chef Roberto. We're back. So you're back. To be honest, I got to apologize. What happened? Well, where you were not here, I had to wash my own frying pans. And I figured out that with the soft side of the sponge, it's just completely impossible. So I actually ended up washing them in the completely same manner as you did. Yeah, and by the way, we're now married with a head chef. So I had to teach him that. The kitchen turned up, upside down. So show me the sponges you brought. Here they are, Chef Roberto. Huh, amazing! Darling, these are amazing sponges. We can make a, a statue with them to commemorate the loss of time. That this represents. How how illusional. I, I'd rather have a bonus. Yeah, let's have a bonus. To make up for the lost time. Yeah, because we've lost our time. But don't you see? It doesn't matter if you lose time or not. In the end, nothing matters. Nothing matters? Other than this uh, statue made up of sponges. Look, it's, uh, it's five members, so I can make a perfect humanoid creature out of these sponges. This should be the new logo of the restaurant. What do you think, darling? Tony. We should put it in a reception. So... 
all the customers will see the sculpture of sponges and the smell. Beep, it's beep, it's beep, 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 beep. oh god, that was ah. Oh. <laughs> wow, I'm happy to be here. Uh, did you also have that horrible dream? Yeah, I dreamed that we were working in a kitchen. Oh, it's sponges. Yeah. But it had this terrible smell. Oh, man. Oh, Margie, I'm so glad we're not working. And I'm so glad we shared a dream. Yes. Cut! Sorry, this scene is horrendous. You need to do it again. And more emotion, please. When you wake up, you need to be very emotional. This is very alternative uh, theater. Okay, okay, boss. <sighs> Margie! Tony! I am so glad. I had the most horrendous dream ever. Me too. Wow. This is so... I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Along with the bed, you're breaking the illusion. This is not how people wake up. Really. I thought we had to do it contemporary dramatic. Yeah, contemporary dramatic, not contemporary drums. Why am I paying you? You will get... Uh, you, you don't get a bonus anymore. Oh, a promise bonus. Can we get a statue? No, you will get the statue when this play becomes a movie and I get the Academy Award and I get the statue to put on top of the reception for my building. You get nothing. You're very lucky you don't get sexual harassment. And the director said you are lucky that you get no sexual harassment. This is the weirdest book I've ever read. This book describes a director of drama about two guys, or a guy and a, and a lady having a dream about punches. I'm so lost. Oh, God, it has no meaning. Okay, now you see how I feel with your mathematical books. And see that. <laughs> that was amazing. Well done, everyone. We hope that you have been as inspired as we have. You can check out more Catalyst projects at www.thecatalyst.ch. Our amazing music was composed and performed by Primitivo. Thank you for clicking on us. Mm-hmm.